I praise you, Lord. I praise you, living God. Let your will be done in this service, God. Let your spirit touch every heart. Let the glory of God be upon your children this morning, God. Oh, Lord, we pray for thy goodness and graciousness, thy love and thy mercy and thy power, God, your great salvation, your healing, oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mighty, mighty, mighty God. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, we'll turn to the book of Hebrews. Glad for each and every one that's here. Appreciate all of you that have braved the blizzard. And uh, I'm starting to believe it really is winter. But you know, we've come a long way. It's, it's already January, and this is the first real cold one we've had. So we have to be thankful for that. All right? All right. So you thank God while you rub your hands together. <laughs> okay. All right, Hebrews is the book we're in this morning. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're great and mighty. Okay, Hebrews. Beautiful book. And uh, I'd like to begin reading with verse 5. Hebrews chapter 13, chapter 13. Hebrews 13 and 5 reads on this wise, let your conversation, that means your lifestyle, your style of living, be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For we have, for here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks 
to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience and in all things willing to live honestly. But I do beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. Well, it's all good, and I get carried away reading, I know. It's all good, though. Everybody said amen. Amen. All right. I want to uh, kind of focus here for a moment on uh, verse 9. And he said, be not carried about with diverse or different and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Everybody said amen. All right, you may be seated. The Lord bless you. I want to uh, try to minister for a little while about established, being established with grace. The heart being established with grace. You know, the Bible teaches that we're saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. And uh, some people would try to take that and somehow substitute and ride over and delete and ignore and explain away uh, Acts 2.38. But there, you get to Acts 2.38 because of the grace of God, okay? That's the fact that it was like Esther when she came in to the king and they wanted her to go into the king and they wanted her to be able to take care of some problems that were coming against all of them, uh, as we'll call it the congregation, the people of God. And um, she reminded them. She reminded them. She said, well, you know, nobody approaches except the king hold out the golden scepter. And so it's a shadow and a type of how that God has done that for the church and for those that he brings into the church, that he has extended a signal and a sign that you you can now approach, you can come into the kingdom of God, that, that the Lord has made it possible for everybody, whosoever will, can come and take freely of the waters of life. Everybody can be saved if they only would. It's also been said you want to be among the whosoever wills, not the whosoever won'ts. So it's how you show yourself when grace is extended to you, when the golden scepter, if you please, is outstretched to you. And that represents the grace of God, the favor of God, whom the king would favor to come unto him. And that's where we often point out of the billions of people in the world. And here we are, and we've been so blessed, given so much favor to know this truth to have our understanding opened to the knowledge of the truth and how to be saved, how to be born again, how to make heaven your final destination. What a great blessing because, again, people uh, by spirits 
unfortunately, are very, very, very confused. They're mixed up, and they've been uh, led in all kinds of wrong directions. And, and as I said, there's a lot of things that are, you know, said by people because they're taken by spirits, and it brings about such confusion in their minds. And remember, the Bible teaches then, Luke 24 and 45, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Again, this all coming under the umbrella of grace, the umbrella of grace that God has extended the riches of his grace to us and that consequently he opens our understanding and we're, we're reading something that other people read and they don't get it at all and they don't believe it and, uh, and, and they haven't got the light on it. It's important to walk in the light as he is in the light and that's a matter of being saved and then staying saved, okay? Walk in the light as he is in the light. And then the Bible further teaches you can have the right kind of fellowship. You want to fellowship people that are washed in the blood, a blood-washed fellowship. You want to be interacting, and what's that word people like, conversating? <laughs> I like that word. I don't know if it's a word or not, but, you know, it works, right? That people are having conversation, in other words. They're having dialogue. And uh, so if you like the word conversating and you get the uh, meaning of it, okay, I have no problem with it. And so we want to be sure that we're doing that with people who are born again of water and the Spirit, that this is where our life is going to dwell. This is who we're going to interact with and fellowship. Now, we, we got to reach this world. We've got to reap this harvest. So, yes, we have a job to do, but we go into it with a full understanding of what we're doing. Okay, everybody said praise the Lord. All right, we go in with a full understanding of what we're doing. We're doing it uh, to win souls. That's why we're dealing with some people and talking to some people. I was with some of the guys the other day and tagging in, and, um, and uh, they were standing in a group, and I came walking up. I said, I'm witnessing the people inviting the church. I don't know what y'all are doing. And they got a big laugh out of that, you know. But I'm going to invite people to church, church family. I'm, I'm going to carry, I'm going to get Sister Alice. I want her to make me a holster. So on the inside of my suit, so my, my cards will fit in there, my invitation, so I can whip them right out there, like, you know. And uh, I, right now I've been tucking them in the back of my, my belt <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, whatever. But I, I want to have easy access to them, and I want to be able to have them for people that are lost. I went into uh, Publix the other day, coming home from some business in West Palm, and I say business. Everything with us is church business. I think you know that. That's our life. That's what we do from day in and day out. And uh, just about, like I tell people, 24-7, 365 and a quarter, we're at your disposal. That's, we're here, and that's what we do. And um, so, you know, I don't have any uh, chalets or uh, ski lodges or fishing lodges or hunting lodges. I don't have anything like that, not in my name or anybody else's name. Uh, I'm not interested in that. That's not my life. That's not my lifestyle. My conversation is in Christ. And I just want that to get bigger and better and better. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, I want to be more connected. I want to be more involved in the great work of God. That's the only thing that's going to matter what you do for Jesus. Do you know that? That's the only thing that's going to count. That's the only thing that's going to give you the kind of currency 
if you please, or the kind of credit that's going to be recognized on the other side when you uh, are hoping to go to heaven. You're going to, you're going to want to have the right things operating here in your life. And God's not going to recognize anything else. You can say, I climbed the highest mountain, I swam the widest river, uh, I gave to this and I gave to that. You can, you can get involved with all that kind of stuff, but I'm trying to explain to you it's not going to matter, number one, if you're not born again of water and the Spirit. You have to be in the body of Christ. You have to repent of your sins. Everybody has to repent of their sins. Everybody has to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. That makes you born again of water. And everybody has to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the sign or the evidence or the token of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them the utterance. And that means other tongues just means another language. But it's a language that you don't know. Okay? It's a language that you haven't studied or learned in a human sense, but it is, it is a, a language or a tongue that God speaks through you. He's in control. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. If I say to you, bon appetit, we usually know that that means, you know, connected with enjoying your meal. Uh, or uh, if we say in Hebrew, we say beteavon means the same thing. And I recently learned to say in Arabic, uh, ben, let's see if I can say it. Uh, I, think it I think it's ben hala yushipa. Um, I think that means the same thing. So it's a blessing over your, over your meal. It's health and happiness. They, those are things you learn. You learn those things. But that's not, that, and that's speaking in another tongue. But that's not as God's spirit gives the utterance. And that's what you want to keep very firmly in your heart and your mind because we've got a world full of people that are, that are given over to spirits that mock. I had a man call me and tell me he wanted to come to this town and he wanted to uh, go to reach like we did and he wanted to set up a tent. He wanted to do this, wanted to do that, wanted to do the other. And I told him flat out, I hope you don't come to our town. I told him flat out, because he had nothing but, but false doctrine. And I told him about repentance, water baptism, Jesus, and receiving the Holy Spirit. He said, oh, I have that, and he, brrr, he burst out into some, <laughs> some garbage is what it was. It was just a mocking, a horrible mocking spirit, you know. And uh, what do we used to try to teach people? You know, you don't say uh, sell a Yohanda as fast as you can 35 times. That's not speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance, Okay. And people have shook chins and, and everything else. And this is not God. This is not God. Everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. People will sometimes say, how do I know, how do I know if, if, uh, if God, you know, if he's going to talk to me or if he is or what he's saying? I say, you know, we're talking about the God that created the heavens and the earth. You don't think he can't talk? <laughs> you don't think he can't get his message across to you? Okay. It's your side that you need to worry about. God's side is fine. He's got it covered, okay? He's a great God. He's a mighty God. Give him a big hand. Come on. Yeah. Thank God and thank God and thank God. All right, so God is great, and he's got a church that he has put his power and authority in, and he sent his church to reach the lost and the dying. And in reaching the lost and the dying, we're not going there to fellowship with them. We're going out there to reap that harvest. And everybody said amen. When, when uh, the cane cutters and the harvesting machines go into the fields, uh, they're not going out there to play games. They're going out there to take care of business. Okay? Everybody said amen. I've often said there's a song out there that I've heard from people. I never heard it myself, I don't think. But I've heard people say, 
uh, about taking care of business. And I said, boy, we ought to take that and turn that into a spiritual song. Taking care of God's business, right? Luke 2.49, taking care of my father's business. And, that, and that, that's what we're doing, okay? We're not, we're not trying to make friends and fellowship with people and hang out with people. We're trying to reap those souls. We want to bring them into the body of Christ. We have, we have a purpose in this. It's a spiritual purpose. It's a godly purpose. It's not natural. It's not carnal. And that's important to remember that you don't get your wires crossed. We want to be with people of like, precious faith when it comes to fellowship, okay? People who are in the spirit, people who are living for God, not somebody that's just claiming something. And, you know, they're living in the flesh, and they, they're, they're, they're certainly not doing what Hebrews said, obey them that have the rule over you. There are some people that, that just put things in the, in the whole worst light, you know, but the truth of the matter is, church family, there is a system that God has set up within the church, all right? He has made things the way he's made it, and I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not, I did that before I came into church, I was, whether I did it on purpose or consciously or not. I was against God, but I'm so thankful for the time when the grace came, and, and his grace further uh, encapsulated me and pulled me towards him and allowed me to come and to uh, believe him, believe on him as the scripture hath said. And then it was pointed right out that the scripture said to repent or you're going to perish. And after repenting and, and absolutely emptying out, get rid of all that garbage in my heart and my mind before God's throne and holding nothing back, at least consciously and trying to cover every base, then, and then God allowed me to be baptized by my pastor in water, in the name of Jesus Christ. And it was for the forgiveness of all of my sins, just like it is for anybody else. And then shortly thereafter, God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that sign or evidence uh, token, beginning of it, was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. That's not the end of the, of the evidence, church family. There is the fruit of the Spirit. And that's what brings you into living for God on a daily basis and being around the church and getting involved in the church and reading the book and growing in grace and knowledge and telling everybody everywhere you go how they too can be born again and they can come in the church and showing them through your light and your speech and your uh, conversation, how happy you are and how delivered you are and how God has taken you and redirected your life and that you're not just saying it, but you're living it and they're well aware of it and that's what's going to help people to be reaped. We may not get everybody right away, but I'm telling you there's people that look to this church and they look to it for what they need when they need it. Hear me. There, there's many people out there that God has healed through the sending forth of the prayer cloths and the word comes back to us. How wonderful. One of these days, they're going to get shook so bad, they're going to come running to the church. Amen. They're going to come running because this world's going to collapse around their ears. And I've always preached and always said that tribulation is going to be a blessing, or shall I say great tribulation, is going to be a blessing in disguise. I didn't say the great tribulation. I said great tribulation. Okay. Because the is not in the Bible on that you know, you got to be careful with us. <laughs> you can, uh, I had a guy the other day, he, he took two scriptures and he, and he said, and I checked it out, he said, they're both in there. And I'm sitting there saying, oh, I know they're in there. And so is Judas went and hanged himself, and so is go thou and do likewise. I don't think we're going to put those two scriptures together, are we? Right. So people can, you know, grab two scriptures and, and it, <laughs> they just don't go. They don't go together. They're not subject matter. 
and, and we've got a world filled with that kind of nonsense going on, and, and consequently they're headed in the wrong direction, and they're being deceived by the deceiver who deceiveth the whole world. And hell and the grave and, and, and those that uh, are falling into deception, uh, that's never satisfied. They can't get enough. And, uh, but you and I have a job to do. We're, we're, we're brought out of darkness. We're put into the light. We're brought out of the world, and we're, and we're not to love the world. If you love the world, then the love of the Father's not in you, the book says. I'm talking to you about getting your heart established, established in the right things with the right doctrine. There are people out there involved with all kinds of false doctrine, people that claim this experience, and all kinds of false doctrine. And I've, I've dealt with them right here in this town when they'd come in and visit, you know, and I think I told you, I told one of them, I said, I will not, I will not disobey my pastor. The good things that my pastor put in me, I'm not going to go by God's grace. I'm not going to go against those things. I want to stand for things that are godly and righteous and holy. I want my heart to be established. I don't want to be uh, a top minner. I don't want to be uh, footloose here. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, just uh, a tumbleweed, a spiritual tumbleweed. I don't want to. David, come sit up front, please. Thank you. I don't want that to be done in my, I'm not mad at you, I'm just preaching right now, and I'm feeling my unction. <laughs> I, I want us to, um, to really be solid in the Holy Ghost here, okay? You don't want to be a spiritual tumbleweed. You don't want to be somebody that uh, you don't know what you believe, and you're not sure, and you're not established, and it could be, and it might be. That's a bunch of nonsense. You get, you get in this book, somebody says one word that's not in this book, and your ear catches it. You try the, 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 the words that come your way. You test them. You try them. Just like the Bible said, try the spirits, whether they be of God, because many, many antichrists are gone out into the world. There's lots of those that are against Jesus Christ. And we're living in a world, friend, that is gaining more and more momentum as we get closer to the, the very end of this thing. And the enemy is mad. He's wrought. He's going about like a roaring lion. Because he knows his time is short, and shall I say shorter than it's ever been. He's thoroughly stirred up, and he wants to be God. He, and that's, that's one of the characteristics that you watch when uh, a spirit tries to lift people up. It tries to uh, exalt them. And if you no doubt have read in the Bible, he that exalteth himself, the same is going to find themselves abased. You're going to go from the top to the basement. And there's no fun in the basement, okay? I always tell people I don't want Seen Sits Bell to be upset with me about anything because she'll put me in the doghouse. And I said, there's no air conditioning or heat in the doghouse, okay? And, and you know, the, the dish of food isn't very good either. So, you know, you want to you wanna please. Well, we want to please God. We want to please God, okay? We want his favor, and we want him to establish us. Give him a big hand. Come on. Yes. We want God to, and he said, look, be not carried away, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, okay? And he said it plainly. He said, for it is a good thing. Isn't that where we should key in on? What's, what's a good thing? Let me get that going in my life. And, and, and especially now that I'm born again of water and spirit, I'm baptized in Jesus' name, I've got the gift of the Holy Ghost, now I've got to stay saved. So help me to get established. Help me to take root downward and grow upward. and Help me to bear the fruit of the Spirit in my life. 
Let me have that in my life. Let me be producing that in my life. And everybody said amen. amen. How important it is to give yourself to the work of God, that you realize that there should be a thankfulness before God for all of the, for the fact that you are among the number that have been pulled out of darkness and that there's billions out there. And you and I didn't do anything to deserve. <laughs> Quite the contrary. We didn't do anything to deserve, you know. But God had mercy on us. And God extended his favor or his grace towards us. And so by grace, yes, you are saved. That's right. It's because of grace that we get this salvation. Okay? But that does not eliminate. Acts 2.38, or Acts 2.4, any other scripture, as a matter of fact, doesn't eliminate it at all. It's all woven together like Jesus' garment was, without seams, seamstress. All woven together. It was uh, reputedly a very expensive garment. And uh, the point is, is that everything is fitly framed together here. The body of Christ is fitly framed together. And we want to show our appreciation to our God. We want to give him thanks continually that not only for giving this great salvation and loving this world, but the fact that he saved us individually, giving him thanks. I was praying early this morning uh, about Sister Irma over here because, you know, she lives all the way down in Boynton. And so I imagine it's a little colder down there than it is here, if that can be imagined. And, uh, I, um, I didn't know if she was going to get to make it today. And then, whoop, I'm in the office reading. Next thing I know, here comes Sister Irma. And she always comes and says good morning. And, and then she sets about to tell me how good God is. <laughs> and I like to hear that. I like to hear that. Everybody said amen. 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 Uh, Sister Black up in Fort Myers, our church up there, she's, she always tells me, God is good. <laughs> and he is. He is good, and it's good to rehearse that. These are things that you want to rehearse. These are things that you want to rehearse in prayer and in praise. You don't want to take them for granted. Everybody said amen. amen. You know, you can take something for granted and not even know you're taking it for granted. I took it for granted that my taste buds were, were, were there. And okay, yeah, okay, whatever, until I lost them. Then I got real thankful about them because <laughs> I couldn't taste anything. I didn't want anything. I lost 60 to 70 pounds. That's not a bad idea sometimes. It was a bit much, though, I think. And, uh, but, you know, I was real glad when God gave me back my taste buds. I was real glad when he healed me and I was able to eat again and, 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 and gain some weight and, and not look like a bag of bones that I was looking like. But God gave me back strength and he gave me back health, and I, I want to be appreciative. I don't want to take anything for granted. Now, I'm not a student of anatomy, but I know a little bit about about the physical anatomy, and, and I'll go through it by a little litany on thank you, God, for this, and thank you, God, for that. I go as much as I can go. I'm going to thank him. I don't want to take anything for granted, whether consciously or unconsciously. I want God to hear me say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And in so doing, I want to be established. I, want to be, I don't want to be fly by night. I don't want to be some kind of floor flusher. I want to be real. I want to be solid. I want to take good root. 
And everybody said amen. We want to bear fruit. We want to move on to stay saved. And that's your Romans through Revelation. We want to move on to being established. Established. That we know what we believe and why we believe what we believe. Everybody said amen. Very important. That we're, we're not, I had somebody kidding me last night and texting from another state. And you want to talk about cold. They were at 18, and I think they ended up somewhere in the single digits by this morning. God blessed them, and God helped them. And, uh, yeah, Lord. So I, I'm, I'm trying not to be wimpy here at 50 degrees, you know. It's hard, though. I'm, I'm kind of wimping out a little bit. <laughs> I just love my South Florida warm weather. But I'm very thankful this morning that the sky is clear and the sun is out, and that helps a lot. If we can get old brother wind to calm down, you know, it's going to be all right. Everybody said amen. amen. So I, I was in a text, and um, <laughs> the individual uh, sent me a picture of snow. Ooh, what snow. And uh, they said how beautiful it was. And I said, yes, it's a great picture. And I'm glad I'm not any closer to it. <laughs> and so anyway, they said, ah, oh, to breathe that good, clean air. And, uh, and I don't know, he said a couple other things about it being good for you, and I text back, I said, chapter and verse. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, our ears are trained, church family. Seriously, our ears are trained. And uh, when people start saying things about the book, we, we perk up. We perk up. And uh, you, can, you can get one word off, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna know it because we read the book, we study the book. And we pray, and we love God, and we worship God, and we hear preaching that comes from the Word of God. And we're going to, we key in on that. We, we're, we're in tune with God's Word, and we want to get more and more in rank and step and harmony with it, because we want to be established. Everybody said amen. amen. There are people that, that used to, I hate to say that, but they used to live for God. But it's not about being a has-been. <laughs> It's not about being you used to. It's about what's going on right now in your life. Where do you stand of as of right this second? Did you get up this morning and call that name? Did you pray? Did you talk to him? Did you make pre-service prayer? Ask yourself these things. I need to, I need to step up here. I need to push myself a little bit. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on, give God a big hand. Amen. Because I, I don't want to get taken with strange doctrines, diverse, different kinds of doctrines. You read in your Bible where the Apostle Paul and others had to contend with those kind of spirits time and time again, you know. And uh, I remember one time I had some of the young people and uh, some woman had come out of the time saver and, and uh, I guess I gave her an invitation and, and she got a little you know, argumentative with me about some things. And, you know, you try it at first, and you're just trying to be nice. And, but, you know, there's a line that gets crossed, and then the, that's when that anointing gets flowing and, and that, that Holy Ghost unction rises up, and, and you, don't, you realize you're dealing with a spirit, and you realize it was somebody that used to believe the truth, you know, and now they don't. Now they're not living for God. Yeah, and so... You have to combat that spirit. And boy, when I got done filleting that woman, she got in her car and she left. 
And that's, and, but she had that track, and she got told what was right and how things were to be, and that's it. And then she'll have to live with that. And, she'll have to, and I told her, I said, you're going to face this in the judgment. This conversation is going to meet you in the judgment if you don't get under the blood and get this repented of. And people, people don't like to hear that stuff. People don't like to hear uh, obey them that have the rule over you. Submit yourself and obey. They don't want to hear that stuff. And that just tells me that's nothing but flesh talking. They're out of shape. They've, they've lost the, the move of the Spirit in their lives. The Spirit of God is not upon them. You don't want to lose that. I'm trying to tell you that. You don't want to lose that. You want that to be sharp and crystal clear in your life. You want that unction and that anointing and that anointing to be so strong that it, it leads you into a channel. It opens up a channel for you, an unction. And the Bible said that you know all things. That means God's right there to give you whatever you have need of. And also, how did the Bible say it? Uh, if you lack wisdom or you're lacking something along these lines, said God will give it to you liberally. If you're seeking, if you're knocking, okay, if you're asking, if you're diligently on this thing, if you're in tune and in touch, if you're getting established in this, everybody said amen. It's important, church family. There are many strange doctrines, many, many, many crazy spirits that say all kinds of things through people. And that's what I told that individual, I, that one particular individual here that came that time. I said, well, I said, um, of course, when people come up with these things, it's always a revelation, and not everybody has it. Well, see, I got there before he got to say that, and uh, letting him know that this isn't new, <laughs> and, and your attitude and what you're saying and the direction you're going is not some new thing. It's happened all through the centuries, right back into your Bible here. And so, you know, we, we're not the new kid on the block. The church is not. The church is seasoned. The church is battle-tested. I won't say weary, but battle-tested. And God gives the church strength. You read Revelation chapter 12 and how that she was given two wings as the wings of an eagle and took her to a place where she was nourished. God has a way of protecting his church and strengthening his church and encouraging his church and establishing his church. And he said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Doesn't mean the enemy's not going to try. He's a diehard. I told you, he should have been a Sears battery. He's a diehard, my friend, and he's going to stay right in there and right to the bitter end when he is broken without hand and without remedy. Hear me. God's going to take care of him. And I, but we're not there yet, but we're close. Very close. And, and as things are falling apart all around us, and here's one of the deceptions. As that's happening, there's going to be a rallying, and they're going to pull some things together and do some things because they know how. They know how to, to sway people, manipulate people, of society at large. And, and the enemy's going to do that even to the point that they're going to say peace and safety, the book says. Well, when they say that, it's going to hit, and it's going to hit hard like a, a woman that is about to give birth to a child and have those birth pangs, okay? And so I'm simply trying to tell you that you want to not be taken in by strange doctrines, different kinds of doctrines. Even the Bible talked of seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and people get taken by these things. As I said, there's a whole army of people out there that used to live for God, that used to go to church, 
that used to be involved with the right thing. A whole army of them. But they've somehow turned and went the wrong way. They got slack. They let down. They, let, they, they lost their enthusiasm, which means God in you. They lost that. And we don't want to let these things slip away. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's your mother. I don't care if it's your father. I don't care if it's your wife or your husband or your brother, or your sister, or your aunt, your uncle, or your double first cousin on somebody's side removed 16 times and named Ferdinand. I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter who it is. Okay? You stay with God. You stay with the church. You stay established. If you dig deep and build your foundation on a rock, the book said, when the storm hits, it's not going to be able to overcome you. And that's important to remember. Everybody said amen. amen. The house is going to stand as opposed to those that don't dig deep. They don't get involved. They, they just fall back into the same old lackadaisical patterns, fleshly patterns. They just slack up. And what did the Bible even use the term careless ease? I don't want to get careless about this. I don't want to get into a place where you're at ease and you're relaxed so much. You know, I don't want to do that. That's the song we used to sing about being on the firing line. You want to be right up there in the forefront of this thing. You want to be involved, church family. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We're not going to be <clears throat> carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. It's a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats. You know, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, right? But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. And he said, people that get involved with carnal things, he said, these things have not profited them that have been occupied therein. People that go out and give themselves all kinds of stuff and get involved. We, used to, we had a guy here one time, and he, he just said it didn't, he, he, it didn't matter that he, uh, you know, was doing all the things that he was doing. Well, you know what? We didn't have to hear that same old broken song for too much longer because he wasn't here anymore. He just washed out, you know, he washed out. Somebody said one time their get up and go got up and went. Well, sometimes your get up and go to church gets up and leaves. And live for God gets up and leaves because it's too much careless ease, too much playing around, too much slack, okay? So everybody, nobody is exempt, just like you're not exempt from spirits. Nobody is exempt from getting the flu, if you please. Everybody said praise the Lord. So you've got to get to a place to where you, you're fighting for your salvation. You're fighting for your truth. You're fighting for what's right. And you're going to do what the book said. You believe the Bible, you believe Acts 2.38, all right. And you want to believe when it made it very crystal clear. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself. Everybody said amen. amen. All right. So we're not going to give ourselves over to the things that are unprofitable and that <clears throat> are going to destroy us. Verse 10, he said, we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle. All of the book of Hebrews is a sister book to the book of Leviticus. In other words, he knew who he was writing to when he wrote the book of Hebrews. He was writing to people that were Jewish. As you know, the, the original church that Jesus gave birth to 
from the very beginning was all people that were Jewish by nationality and background and lineage. And then uh, it was later that the church got the message and obeyed and began to reach out, particularly God was powerful, showed himself powerfully through the Apostle Paul to reaching the Gentiles or the rest of the world, those that were not Jewish by, by background and nationality. And so, but he, Hebrews is written to them, and that's why you'll see some of these terminologies that he uses, and that's because he knew that they knew that that old, what we call the Old Testament, uh, that they identified with that. They, they knew all about that. They grew up with that, and uh, they knew about the high priests. They knew about the Levites, and they knew about the sacrifices and all of these different things, and so he was trying to speak their language. He was trying to get them to identify with what he was saying. And so he made it clear. He said, we have an altar. In other words, God's given us something here and that not everybody has a right to it in their present tense or state of condition of mind and heart. Not just everybody can have this. There are people think they can. And, and they tried that in the uh, times of Jeremiah. And they, they basically told Jeremiah to clamp it up, to shut up, and to get out of their way and that, we're the people of God. We're in possession. <laughs> what an attitude. I had a young lady that got uh, pretty uppity, and, um, and it was sad to see. It was terrible to see, to see somebody who had been obedient, somebody who had been used of God, and, and to see that person become haughty and proud and rebellious. It was terrible to see that and to experience and to listen to the things they had to say. Uh, you know, it's no, no fun at all, and... Uh, I, I remember I, uh, they said, but I'm going to live for God. And I just quietly and calmly said, you better say by the grace of God. And they never would say it. They never would say it. You know, the devil wants to make you think you're all that. I'm telling you, you better get over yourself. <laughs> you better get over yourself. You better humble down. And if you get humble and you get, you get contrite or crushed before God, then he will not refuse you. That's the kind of spirit he can work with, okay? We don't want to allow a spirit. I'm telling you, the one of the characteristics is to get very lifted up, very lifted up. And, you know, people that get lifted up like that, they are, they're, they're labeling themselves to be novices. They're just so inexperienced. They think they're all that, but they're not. And you, You've got to grow in grace and knowledge. I'm quite sure that there are people, <laughs> Sister Ann the artist is sitting here, and I'm quite sure there are people that have tried to pass themselves off as some kind of great artist, and Ann would take a look at it and say, hmm, and then, you know, me, I might look at it and say, wow, that's really cool, you know, and, uh, but, you know, there, sometimes there's going to be people who are, shall we say, a little more expert in their field, and we've often said every, every individual in their own field, and, uh, I, I'm not going to try to paint because I can't even draw a straight line. My thumb gets in the way, and the line goes like that. You know, I just, you know, I, uh, just know that's, that's not my thing. And um, so I, why make a fool of yourself, right? <laughs> it's better to, better to uh, you know, not be a fool, I would say. And the Bible certainly uses the word fool. And I remember reading, and I'm sure you do, where God's thundered out and said, Thou fool! Whew. You don't want to be called a fool by God. God to look at me in that way, and, and, and the book of Proverbs is just loaded with it, you don't want to, even to the point that you're pretty much told not to even communicate with somebody like that. 
It's just not worth it. You're just pouring water in a bucket with 55 holes in it. You know, you're running out everywhere. Got to go find somebody that's going to be more appreciative and that they're going to uh, recognize that grace is coming their way and what an opportunity they have. You know? Let us recognize what an opportunity we have, church family. Let us realize what all God's grace, the riches of his grace has brought to us. And so he said, uh, in other words, putting it positively, we have a right. We have a right because God made us to have that right. He, he's the one that did it. He's the one that gave us the right. I knew a man one time, was he worked here at the county barn. Actually, he worked in the, uh, sat here in the second row, and he worked in the uh, state attorney's office. And um, the state attorney sent him over. At that time, we had GCI, and he sent him over there. They had a, a big barbecue grill, and he sent him over there to get it all prepped up and get it ready to, uh, they were going to have, you know, make, he was a good cook, and they were going to do some cooking and uh, having some kind of get-together uh, there at the county barn and some department, whatever. And so the man went over there, and he, he was uh, getting the coals ready, and he was getting everything ready, and all of a sudden this guy showed up out there. I guess he was a, a corrections officer, and he said, what are you doing? He said, get out of here, and don't you ever come over here, to blah, 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 and ran the guy off. So the guy, just he didn't do anything. He said, okay, and he got in his car, and he drove away. He went back, told his boss. His boss got on the phone and brought him. They blistered that guy for doing that. And uh, so I'm trying to tell you, we have a right, church family, to be where we are. Just like that man had a right to be at that barbecue pit that day. We have a right to do what we do. We have a right, a God-given right. We have the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost, and we have the fruit of the Spirit. We have so many good things that God has given to us. We need to recognize who we are and what we've been given, not to be exalted, but to be thankful, to be thankful, to be appreciative, to give praise and glory to God. Didn't it say it later that we read here in this chapter? The fruit of our lips, that sacrifice of praise, that we, that you would, uh, you know, I told you I had one guy years ago in church, and, and you could always tell when he wasn't doing so hot because he had one hand in his pocket and the other hand up, the head down, you know. Wow. Send me a signal that you're not really into this, you know. <laughs> I got the message. All right, come on. You want to, I told you about, I was in a service with seeing Sister Feld in another church, and we were sitting there, and uh, all of a sudden, a couple of people, young, young people, they, they came down the aisle, and they, the church hadn't started yet, and they were, uh, they were shouting, and they were speaking in tongues, and they were worshiping, and it was great. It was glorious. It was wonderful. And some old codger leaned over next to us and he said, they're new. And we looked at him and we said, we can tell. Yes, we can tell that. They're not old and crusty and, you know, leather neck and you know, however else you want to describe it, that they're just dead spiritually, you know. No, you want to be alive. I read a, I, 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 something came across about some guy that was his, had his 100th birthday. You know what his present was for his 100th birthday? Parachute jump. He's nuts, right? I agree. But uh, what I'm saying is, boy, you want, you want a really good experience on your birthday, get the Holy Ghost or get renewed in the Holy Ghost. 
Let God give you a healing or somebody else that you pray for a healing. Then you're talking about, my friend, you're talking about a great and glorious. You got people out there killing themselves, getting killed with heroin and all, and all the kind of drugs that's in there. And, and people that are chasing after so many different things. What are they looking for? They're looking for a good feeling. They're looking for a high. But it's, it's destructive, isn't it? They're dying. They're dropping left and right. But this Holy Ghost will give you a high that is not injurious. It is not destructive. It is saving. It is the saving faith and the saving grace of God. Let that get a hold. Come on, you look cold. Stand up. Everybody stand. Give God a big hand. Come on. Get warm here. Woo! Get warmed up in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy God. Thank you for the gift of God. Amen and amen. I'm glad God takes out the bad and replaces it with something good and better. The gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why I don't need the alcohol anymore. I don't need the drugs anymore. I don't need all of the different things out there that we get in, had in the past gotten involved with. That's a shame to even talk about. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for delivering us. Thank you, Lord, for pulling us out of this world of misery. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. I don't want to be involved any longer with wicked devices and detestable things. I'm glad to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And I hope you are too. Give him another big hand. Come on. Amen. All right. All right. Now don't, don't get wet with the water that all those icicles that just melted off of you. God bless. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, your Bible tells you very plainly. Verse 13, let us go forth. Well, that in itself is a good, good thing. Let's go forward. Let's go forth. Let's not go backwards. Let's not go to the right or to the left. All these things are frowned upon or outright told not to in the Bible. We want to go forth. We want to go forward. We want to. I had somebody text me one time since since Feldman and I was sitting there and a text came through and, and wanting to tell me a whole bunch of bad things about somebody. And I... I waited a little while, and I said, okay, I'm ready to answer, honey. Get ready. And so she was more nimble with that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm the biblical method, seek and find. I'm a little on the slow side there. Anyway, so she, she typed it out for me, and I told him the scripture. I said, I said uh, press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God after you have forgotten the things that are behind Forgetting the things that are behind, forgetting the things that are past. In other words, here's somebody text me, bringing up a whole bunch of old garbage from years before. What are you doing? Forget those things and go forth. Let us go forth. Let us go forth. You know, I, I don't want to have a ball and chain holding me to some past. You know, I want to go forth. I want to go forth. You know, and if and if somebody's all so righteous and and so clean and so right, then they're not going to be around talking. And they're not going to be contacting and running their mouths. And, and, you know, if they've gone and they're doing their thing, then let them go do their thing. And how about you lifting up your head and you go forward and do God's thing? That's what we want to do. Everybody said amen. amen. Let's forget the things that are behind. Let's go forth. Let's press forth. Let us go forth. 
That's what verse 13 said. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him, unto Jesus. Amen. We're going out there, friend, and we're going to, if we have to bear reproach, then we'll bear reproach. They want to say a bunch of junk, let them say a bunch of junk. We're going to go forward in Jesus' name. We have confidence, and we're not going to cast away our confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. And everybody said amen. All right. We have faith in our God. He said, here, we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. And that's what John said. He saw it coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned. Oh, friend, you're talking about what all God has planned. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's for them that love him and wait for him. He's got it all planned out. And this is, we're talking about the creator that made the heavens and the earth. The one that you look at the creatures and you look at the, uh, uh, the sunsets and the sunrises and you look at these things and you see God's beauty. I don't know how many times coming in. It was just the other day, maybe a week, a, a week ago, and I was coming in. I, I wanted to call Sister Ann. I wanted to call Senior Sister Ella. I wanted to call a bunch of people. Say, step outside and look. Look. <laughs> it was so beautiful. It was so awesome. And uh, I think I told you many years ago when I think we we're going to be married 48 years this, this coming August. But, yeah, whoo. <laughs> She's old. I'm young. No, that's not true. <laughs> we're going there together gracefully, I hope. But uh, I remember uh, we had gone to Hawaii in the first time in, uh, in our lives, and uh, uh, people were getting up in the restaurant and all of a sudden going to the window, and I'm going, I'm looking at her, and she's looking at me, and I go, what are they doing? She goes, they must be looking at the sunset. I said, oh, well, okay, let's go there. So we looked at the sunset and sat back down and said, that wasn't anything great. Florida's much better. Florida's much better. It's the truth. We have, I, I've been in the islands. It's the same thing. You'd think it would be really good in Jamaica, but it just doesn't compare to Florida. There's something about good old Florida. I don't know. God just blesses us, and it's so beautiful here. And uh, I, I'm saying to you that uh, we, we want to go forth here. And we want to realize what all that God has placed before us, the beauty of the things that are in the church and what he has prepared for them that love and wait for him. We're, we're seeking a city and, and the one that's to come. And look, he said, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, continually. Let's not be hit and miss. Let's be continual with this. Let it, let it be the fruit of your lips, okay? I, I got a text from Sister Irma. Uh, so I got it by text, and then this morning I got it live and in person. But, friend, she just comes out with it. You know how great God is and how he is to be exalted. And Oh, it, it's nice to read that, and it's nice to hear that from people that love God and are happy about God and appreciative for what all God has done for them. And I want us all to reflect that everywhere we go. I want this world that's so down and out and dark and dingy and miserable and unhappy, you know. And uh, I had a guy... Uh, the other night, just cut me off. And uh, I eased over to the right a little bit, and I let him have his way. And, you know, it's what we call hurry up and stop because it was a red light. Hurry up and stop. And so he's sitting in front of me, and I'm sitting behind him because he cut me off, and we're at a red light. And I thought, now, you, you here you almost, you know, killed us both and other people around us for what? to be one car length ahead of me at a, at a red light. Gee, isn't that brilliant, you know? I'm glad that we have, we have a peace, church family. And we, we have 
you know, my wife almost had a heart attack over the whole thing, and I just sitting there like, no big deal. You know, I used to live in New York, and you want to talk about nutty drivers, they're up there for sure. <laughs> so we're pretty mild down here. But I am saying that it is so good that let the, the peace of God rule in your heart, that God can keep us from getting all bent out of shape and all upset and all topsy-turvy. Let, let us realize what all God has given to us, okay? And let us praise him continually. Let us praise him every day. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. Keep that rolling. Keep that alive in your heart. To do good and to communicate, forget not. Uh, very often there are people that will call me uh, and tell me. I had somebody call me today and tell me they had to work, what their shift was, what their time was, and uh, that they'd been doing some witnessing and talked to some people and hoping they're going to be in church and what have you. And and that they'll be here tonight, and it was so, it's nice when somebody just, it will take a moment and show courtesy and, uh, and give a little communication. It means a lot. Don't wait till you're in the hospital, you know, and you're, uh, you're on the deathbed, and then you want to call, okay? Let's make a nice pattern. I think I've told you of the miracle that uh, the, the individual was, was in the hospital, and he was in intensive care, and he was dying, and um, it was... Uh, it was an individual that, that God visited him in that hospital and told him. And he'd been in there an extended amount of days, and they were, you know, getting ready for this guy to go. And, uh, but the Lord came and talked to him, and the Lord said, every day at a certain time you would come and pray. And that was according, I guess, to his work and lifestyle and what have you. But he had a set time that he would always go and pray. And God said, I'm going to visit you every day at that time, and I'm going to heal you. And every day at that time, his vitals begin to pick up. The nurse, the doctor's reading the chart, and they begin to realize that this man is improving, he's improving, he's improving. Until finally, it, just like God said, and he was 100% healed, and go home. And that was that. What a miracle. What a great miracle. That's the kind of God we serve, church family. You know, the Bible said, in the book of Genesis, and God remembered Noah. I want God to remember a Noah. <laughs> I want him to do that. Yes, I do. Everybody said praise the Lord. But God remembers, church family. We want God to remember you for good. Isn't that what Jeremiah said? He said, oh, no, wait, it wasn't Jeremiah. It was, it was my other buddy, uh, Nehemiah. He said, he said um, remember me for good. Remember me for good, and for the good that I've done. Remember the good things, God. Hold that up in your memory, Lord, the good things. And uh, so you keep in mind that, that God does remember, and God is aware, and God hears your prayers and your praise, okay? He sees you when you communicate. And as it went on to say, communicate, and to communicate, forget not, and uh, for with such sacrifices God is, well pleased, said, obey them that have the rule over you. Some people hate that, and that means they're of the wrong spirit, and some, or their flesh is way out of whack. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account. It's not arbitrary. It's not would you like to. It's negotiable. No, it's they must. They must give an account that they may do it with joy. You know, I'll be here at really weird hours in the morning, and 
Miss Bell doesn't like it. I love it. She says to me, it's dark out there. I said, so? She says, you're not so young anymore. Now you want to fight, don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, so? You know, I've just got all these angels around me. I'm not worried about anything. You know? And uh, what I'm saying, it'd be plenty dark. And I'm telling you, there's a light across that canal that shines like the morning sun. <laughs> I hate that light. So sometimes I have to close all the doors, get rid of that distraction. And, uh, but you know, I'm calling your names before the Lord, church family. And sometimes I have to stop at a name and I have to say, now, Lord, need a little help here. You know? And uh, don't worry, I, I ask him to be gentle. I ask him to give you a little pow pow, a little something to get you back in line. You know? But I must, I must give account, the book said. And I do it, I want to do it with joy. I don't want to do it, as the book said, with grief, because that's unprofitable for you. Unprofitable for you. We read two things now, two scriptures now in this chapter that have to do with unprofitableness. All right? All right. So let's key in on what's profitable here for you. 18 is pray for us. Sure, you should pray for your leadership, and you should have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. You don't want to be dishonest about things. I had a, I had a doctor tell me just the other day that uh, um, he's getting a new office, and he's been months and months and months trying to get that thing lined up. And, he, and I asked him about it, and he said, no, we had to cancel it. And we've been knowing this guy for years, and uh, we sent a lot of people to him. He's a chiropractor. And uh, so he, he said, yeah, he said the guy lied to me. The leasing agent lied to me, and he said, and I called him in the line. He knew I did, and he said, so I couldn't work with him anymore, so I just, I went somewhere else, and I got everything worked out, and I said, okay, well, I'm glad that things are working out. You know, God, God knows church family. He knows the heart, and it's important that we do things honestly. He said, but I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you, he said, the sooner, that things could be repaired, everything could be worked out. Uh, there obviously was a separation for some reason. He said, now the God of peace that brought you again from the dead, or brought again from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete or perfect in every good work to do his will. We are involved with a good work, church family. We, we're, we are, it has been by God's grace extended to us a good life, a great life. A wonderful life, okay? So again, give praise continually and be thankful. Make your, he'll make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. In conclusion, he said, and I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation. Don't get a bad attitude about preaching. You let God thunder. You let God say what he wants to say. You let God do and have faith that that's what's going on. I've seen people that have that kind of faith, and that's how come they got the Holy Ghost and how come they got baptized in Jesus' name. But let a little time go by, and they didn't listen to the right voice, and they got involved with the wrong thing, and the next thing you know, they lost faith. And they started saying that the preacher was, the pastor was making shots over the pulpit, and he was uh, 
pulpit bashing and all this different kinds of garbage, you know. The very thing that saved them in the beginning now has become the thing that they, they despise. That doesn't make any sense at all. Who changed? The, the pulpit doesn't change. The word doesn't change. The preaching doesn't change, per se. The anointing doesn't change, per se. God certainly doesn't change. But all of a sudden now, and it's not all of a sudden, it's always over a period of time, but they come to that place to where, you know, they're against it. They criticize it. And that's incorrect, church family. Who changed? God's not changing, I'm telling you. And the way he's operating in his church is not changing. So you tell yourself, I'm the one. I'm going to take responsibility for me, and I'm going to get myself in line. I'm going to get myself in shape spiritually. You got people, uh, you can come late hours of the night, and you can see these gyms. You can, uh, there are glass plates, and you can see right through. Oh, and they're on the machines, and they're doing this, and they're doing all that's junk, you know. And I take Cindy Spelled her, her favorite uh, Dollar Tree, you know. And one of the places right next to it is, is um, and I, I like to preach that, that hard work, hard exercise works. And, uh, but I spiritualize that. And, uh, but anyway, and that hard exercise for us is lifting those hands and praying and worshiping. You, need to, you, you don't need a gym. You want a gym? This is God's gym. Get in here. Get in here and exercise. Get in here and let your, your senses be exercised, your spiritual senses. Go to God's gym. People out there doing all kinds of junk for their physical body, which is going to rot and go back to the dust from whence it came. Not one ounce of, not one little bit of spiritual good does it. Everybody said amen. It's so small, Paul said, bodily exercise profiteth little. It's so small you can't even measure it. (laughs) It's just so small. You think you need a little exercise? Come to church. Oh, brother, get involved. We'll, we'll have you sit up, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Put your hands up. We'll, we'll exercise you. We'll exercise you real good. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. What's, what's that they do to when a baby's born? They, they smack it so that the baby will cry and clear out all the lungs, right? And that's what's supposed to be going on? Well, you get in here and you sing with us, and, and you'll get your lungs going real good. We'll help you in every phase of your life. Let me tell you, the church is good. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, you can stand. God bless you. Children are coming in. So you suffer the word of exhortation, he said. Yes, sir, you tolerate that. You, there's a lot of things in life you put up with. And none of them, none of them are near as, as edifying as the word of God is to you. You don't put the word of God for you from you. You don't fight it. You don't resist it. You welcome it. You thank God for it. Thank God that he cares enough for you that he would send instruction. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. You guys must be really good looking because everybody's looking at you. I don't know. Okay, come on back this way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Where's our folks that's going to tickle the ivories and sing a little bit? And we're going to worship the Lord. Everybody said, give God a big hand. Come on. Amen. 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 All right. We surely love and appreciate each and every one of you. And I'm really, really happy that you rolled out and threw on a sweater or a coat or something and came to church this morning. I appreciate that very much. And I'm, I'm very thankful that we're not in eight-degree weather and two foot of snow. Okay, so...
Compared to that, I know I've got it pretty good this morning, don't I? Even if it is 50. All right. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. Let's take a moment. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and give our God praise and thanks. Thank you, dear Jesus. I love you, holy God, and I praise you, holy King. I worship you, heavenly Father. Thank you for the gift of God. Thank you, God, for the truth. Thank you for the proper Holy Ghost doctrine. Oh, God, I bless your name and I worship you. Keep us from every evil spirit, every unclean spirit. Keep us, Lord. I pray from deception, from the powers of deception, dear God. Oh, Lord, you are mighty. Oh, Lord, you are great. Oh, Lord, I praise your holy name and I worship you, God. I thank you, God. I bless your name. Give God another big hand. All right. All right, I'm going to get, um, brother, Sal, you coming up? Okay. Uh, my brother here, and uh, how about you help out before you shoot the drums and take the offering this time? Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right, brother Sal, thank you. Well, let's just get ready. Everybody say, God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. Amen.